Man, you guys ready to go? Y'all ready? Come on. Uh, man, I'm so glad to, uh, to be here. We started last week, we started in this series called Only Jesus. And it's a, uh, a few-week series that we're going to be in. And here's kind of the premise for it. Here's kind of what we're doing with it. Um, we spent a lot of time the first few months of the year. We talked through relationships and dating and all that fun stuff. We talked through decision-making and, and how not to wreck your life. Uh, so we figured for the next few weeks, man, I really want to dive into, let's dive into the story of Jesus. Let's dive into the person of Jesus. Because I believe that you can actually be a, uh, a person who makes good decisions. You can actually follow the teachings of Christianity and miss the entire person that Christianity revolves around. And I don't want to uh, build a community of people or a ministry where we know a lot of the right decisions and, and maybe like things that we should stay away from and all that kind of stuff and miss the very person of Jesus. So we're spending a few weeks talking about uh, this, the story of Jesus, the person of Jesus, hence the name uh, Only Jesus, right? So uh, that's what we're going after for the next few weeks, and I'm pretty pumped about it. So I need you to uh, turn to your neighbor and punch him in the face real quick and say, let's go. <laughs> Who's got your Bible? Anybody got a Bible with them? Let's have some fun tonight. I feel like, I feel like you guys are dead, man. I'm going to have to tell a funny joke or something. I got nothing. Oh, anybody got a funny joke you want to share? I got nothing tonight. Oh, man. Maybe afterwards we'll just do some stand-up comedy. John, you're up here, okay? Good. If you got your Bible, raise it in the air, wave it around like you just do care. You do care. Ha -ha. That's the best I got all night. All right. Okay, hey, turn to uh, Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4 is where we're going to be. And uh, last week we studied the passage in Mark chapter 2 about the paralytic, the guy that they lowered down from the roof. And uh, it's an incredible story. Love that Jesus healed the man, but love that he actually sent the man on and told him to take his mat with him. He said, don't let your testimony die here, but take it with you and let what you've been through be a reminder of what I brought you out of, you know. So that's what we studied last week in Mark chapter 2. So this week we're going to stay in Mark. We like Mark. He's a cool guy. And we're going to stay there and go for Mark chapter 4. Go to verse 35. If you're there, say amen. amen. Verse 35. And just a little context here. We still have this. We're very early on in Jesus' ministry. He's got some disciples that are following him. But they're really still trying to figure out what this is all about. What does it mean to really follow Jesus? And who is this guy? And is he really what he says? He, I think he is. I mean, I'm seeing him do some cool stuff and heal some people and that kind of thing. But what does it really mean to follow Jesus? These disciples are trying to figure it out. So we're a few chapters in, Mark chapter 4, verse 35, and they go through a pretty unique experience here in verse 35 through 41. It starts out, it says this. It says that on that day, when evening had come, he said to them, let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took, him, uh, they took him with them in the boat just as he was. And other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose and the waves were breaking into the boat so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. So crazy the Bible includes that detail. On a cushion. Okay, cool. He was on a cushion. And they woke him, and they said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke, and he rebuked the wind, and he said to the sea, Peace, be still. 
and the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said to them, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? A phenomenal scripture, phenomenal story, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about it for the next few minutes. So, Lord, would you give us uh, great insight into your word? Give us great insight into uh, what you meant by this story. And, uh, Lord, make it more than just words on a page. Make it an experience and a revelation with you, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. I had a, uh, I had a unique experience lately, a, actually a very traumatic experience, I would say. Uh, actually, not traumatic. That's a little dramatic. I'm being dramatic. Uh, not traumatic, but it was actually today. This is very fresh on my mind. Um, so today, I, I, uh, last, last night, actually, last night, I have a little son. He's almost six months old. He's not here tonight, a little Cade. And uh, last night, little dude uh, started getting a fever. And so he's not acting normal, he was, and he's just been struggling with some cold stuff because he comes to C12, and y'all touch him and everything and get him all sick with your nasty germs. And so I take him home, and he gets a cold, and so the doctor's saying he's had, like, a bunch of different colds and stuff. Uh, but anyways, last night, I'm kidding, it's okay, you can touch him, um, <laughs> some of you. And uh, <laughs> so last night, he gets a fever, and... Um, we're just like, man, okay, so we stay up all night with him, he's fussing and that kind of stuff. So this morning, I had to take a little boy to the doctor, and because my wife only works two days a week, this was her day to work, so, you know, I'm just a pastor, pastors don't really work, so I'll just take off from my job, and, uh, <laughs> right, that's what some of y'all think. So, uh, so today, I was like, well, I'll, t- I'll take him to the doctor, so I took him to the doctor today, and uh, not really what I usually do. Usually my wife takes them, but today it was my turn, and I don't know everything. You got to check in, put your name down, all this kind of stuff, and I didn't know everything, so they're tell- I, you walk in, and there's a side for sick people, and there's a side for well people. Did y'all know that? Is that a normal doctor's or just baby doctor's? That's normal? Okay. I, didn't, I haven't been to the doctor in a long time, apparently. So you walk in. I went to the wrong side. They said, is he here for a fever? I said, yeah. They go, well, you got to take him to the other side. There's good people over here. Okay. So I go to the other side. And uh, anyways, they finally get us back there after waiting for a long time, finally get us back there. And uh, they proceed to check him out, everything, and all this little stuff. And, and little guys, you know, he's in the doctor's. So he's already uncomfortable a little bit. And I got to strip him naked and everything. So he hates life. And, um, and then they say, they say, hey, we, uh, what we need to do is we need to take some blood from him. So I'm like, all right, well, I mean, how do you do that? The guy's arm is like as big as my finger. How are you going to do that? And they say, well, we're going we're to prick his toe. We're going to prick his little toe with a thing, and it's going to start bleeding and everything. I'm like, oh, my goodness, man. Like, okay, so my little guy's 17 pounds, and you're going to prick his toe. So uh, I have to, like, hold him in my arms. And, and he's, you know, already not feeling good. But then, so I got him wrapped here. Then they grab his toe and, and they have to like hold him down a little bit. And he starts squirming and kicking and they prick his toe. And you can just watch his face go from like just normal to. And then for the next five minutes, little guy just screamed his mind off. And uh, they have to like squeeze his toe to get blood to come out and everything. And it was a miserable experience. And fellows, I'm telling you, you think you're hard. You just get you a kid. And I'm telling you, you will become the softest of them all. You will become as soft as a peach, I'm telling you. The peach is soft? They're not? That was the first thing that came to my mind. What? I don't know. Um, you will become super soft. When you get you a kid, and I'm telling you, this was so emotional for me. I'm like, oh, God, give me some tissue. 
So he starts screaming for like five minutes straight. But I just kept looking at that little guy and just going, man, you're going to be okay, buddy. You're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. You're going to be okay, man. I know you're going to make it. You're going to make it. Because literally what I know is what he's feeling is a lot of pain. And what he's going through is a very traumatic experience. But what I know is, honestly, it was just a little prick on the toe. Honestly, it wasn't like that big of a deal, and he's going to make it through, give it five minutes. They, you know, uh, put a little Band-Aid on him. He was fine. No big deal. So I just kept looking at him and going, you're going to be okay, boy. You're going to be okay. Because I, I knew that ultimately what was going to happen. You guys are following me here. I feel like a lot of times in our life, I know it's cliche, but I'm, I feel like in the Christian walk, what we're going through seems super traumatic. And the storm that you're experiencing in your life is very traumatic and can be, and oftentimes really is. And I feel like Jesus is looking at us a lot of times just going, you're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. Just trust me. You're going to be all right. You're going to make it through. You're going to be all right. And I know that seems cliche, but I, that, that is to me what our Heavenly Father looks at us as we're going through what seems to be this super traumatic experience or whatever it is. And maybe it is, and maybe it should be. And, it's, and you, each one of you could tell me, yeah, awesome, but you don't know what I'm going through. And I would say, man, rightfully so. Maybe what you're going through is, is a huge storm. But I feel like Jesus would look at us and go, it's going to be okay. Certainly, this was the experience for the disciples. Certainly, in Mark chapter 4, the disciples were going through this, and they've been following Jesus for a little bit, and they get on the boat, and they get into the ocean, and they start experiencing something that they weren't expecting. Remember last week we talked about how when your expectation is different than what you experience, usually that's when God shows up the most. Certainly, that's what they were going through. And so I just want to walk through Part of their story, because I believe that the storm that they were experiencing, Jesus is trying to tell us tonight that through your storms, whatever it is in life, you all have storms that you're going through. The same stuff is true. And so that's where we're going. So just pick up in uh, 35. I got a few observations that I want to give you tonight, and then we can get on out of here. Mark chapter 4, verse 35. First thing I noticed, it says that on that day when evening had come, he said to them, let us go across to the other side. Isn't it interesting that Jesus is the one that led them into the storm? If you're taking notes, you may just want to write this down. That Jesus doesn't always prevent the storm. Jesus doesn't always prevent the storm. I mean, we believe that God is omnipotent, omniscient. He knows everything. He's sovereign. He knows the future. He knows your life, what is to come. We believe that was true then as well. So can't we say that Jesus knew that there was going to be a storm out on the sea, and yet he told them, let's get into the boat and get out there. So isn't it interesting that Jesus actually led them into the storm? And without getting into too much theological debate about, you know, why do good things happen to bad people? Does, does Jesus cause it to happen? Does God cause it to happen? Or does he allow it to happen? Without getting too much into that, the point that I want to make tonight is this, that following Jesus isn't safe. Following Jesus is not safe. And so if you, if you start following Jesus, you start following God with the expectation that, well, life is now going to be a bed of roses and everything is going to work out great and, and, and everything is going to get better. I just got to tell you that it's not always safe. I can promise you a lot of things about following Jesus. I can promise you a lot. I can promise you that he'll be your comfort. You won't always be comfortable, but he'll be your comfort. I can promise you that you'll have more confidence. I can promise you that you'll... You'll know more about your identity when you follow Jesus. I can promise you that you'll know more, you'll feel more security. 
I can actually promise you that you'll have an eternal security. But what I can't promise you is that you'll have earthly safety. You may want to write that down, that there is eternal security, but that doesn't mean there's earthly safety. And we got a lot of people that get into Christianity believing that uh, my life is chaos right now and, and everything is going wild and, and it's just nuts. So I'm going to follow Jesus and he's going to make everything better. And he does make a lot of things better, but it doesn't mean you're rid of anything bad happening. It doesn't mean that you're uh, removed from any storm. Are you following with me? It doesn't mean that you'll never get into any storm in your life. Following Jesus is not safe. It's not exactly safe. In fact, Jesus says that in this life, you will have hardship. Isn't that interesting that Jesus promises you that you will have hardship, that you will have trouble, you will have a storm. But he says, take heart, I've overcome the world. So the promise isn't that there will be no storm, right? We're starting off good on a, on a, on a great base here. Everyone's like, wow, church is awesome tonight. I'm going to have a storm. Sweet. Right? The promise isn't that there's no storm. The promise is that you can have a peace in the middle of your storm. That's the promise. And in fact, if you'd never find yourself in a storm, you may want to check the pulse of your faith. Because Jesus said that you will have trouble, you will have hardship. But it's in that that you'll have a peace. Next thing I notice, keep reading the story. Verse 36, it says, And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. And the other boats were with him, and a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. Verse 38. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Second thing I wanted to point out was this, is Jesus' rest doesn't equal a lack of care. See, many times in your walk with Jesus, it seems like he's sleeping on you, doesn't he? Sometimes in your walk, it can feel like Jesus is sleeping. Like, does he, is he even awake? Does he even know what's going on? I imagine these guys, I mean, they're in the boat, and they're just chilling. And, and I'm not a, uh, like, I don't know boats. I'm not a sailor or whatever. What do you call people that are in boats? Sailors. Okay, I'll go with that. I'm not a sailor. I don't know boats, like, that great or whatever. I don't know terminology. Anybody know boat terminology? Hey, I heard something. What was that? There is a bow on the boat. Okay, that'll take us for the night. So um, I don't know, but I, th this was, you know, a long time ago, and this was probably a wooden fisherman's boat. So this was not like a cruise ship. This was not a yacht that the New York Giant wide receivers are rolling on. This is not, this is not an extravagant experience. This is a boat. So they're probably all on the same deck, all on the same level, and the stern is a place on the boat. But here's what I know. That means that while Jesus was sleeping, that he was getting wet too. So you got all the water coming into the boat. Water, the boat begins to fill with water. Everybody's freaking out. All the disciples are freaking out. And Jesus is getting wet too, by the way. But he's still sleeping. So I just picture these guys, are, the, the water's coming in and they've got their buckets and they're dumping the water out of the boat trying to save themselves. And they turn to Jesus and say, Jesus... Are you sleeping? Do you even care what's going on? 
And they didn't ask that because they were asking for Jesus to do a miracle. They asked it because here they are doing all the work and he's there sleeping. Jesus is like the guy in a group project who doesn't do any work. Y'all know that guy? And, and, and he's going to get the same grade that you get, but you're the one doing all the work and he doesn't do anything. They're like, hey, Jesus, we're over here like getting stuff out of the boat. We're over here trying to save ourselves and adjusting the sails. And what, I look like an idiot. We're adjusting the sails, changing things up. We're over here doing this and you're over there sleeping. Jesus, do you even care what's going on? Do you even care that we're perishing? See, oftentimes in the middle of your storm, it seems like Jesus is sleeping, doesn't it? Seems like he's sleeping. But Jesus was challenging them to not be afraid in the middle of the storm. Let's read on verse 39. It says, and he awoke and he rebuked the wind. I find it interesting that he rebuked the wind. He didn't rebuke the disciples. He rebuked the wind. And he said to the sea, peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. And he said to them, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith. Jesus was challenged not to be afraid. And uh, I don't know, I just feel like if the disciples had any reason to be afraid, being in the middle of a storm where the boat's about to go down was probably a good time to be afraid. And if they had any right, this was a good time to be afraid. And yet Jesus still rebuked the wind and he said to them, why are you afraid? Do you not have any faith? What happens when you're in a storm, and you know God is there, but he's not doing anything. Like, like God, I, I know that you said you'll never leave me nor forsake me, but it'd be really nice if you woke up right about now and you did something about my storm. I believe that you're still with me. I just wish you weren't sleeping, and I wish you would change what's going on. Around me, what happens when you're in the storm, but Jesus is sleeping? If we're going to follow Jesus, means we can act like He acts. Means we can do what He does. I mean, that's literally we're trying to become like He was. So, I wanted to encourage someone in here tonight that if it seems like Jesus is resting in the middle of your storm. Maybe he's trying to tell you that you can rest too. If it seems like Jesus is resting in the middle of your storm, maybe he's trying to tell you that you can rest too. If that's his response, then shouldn't that be our response? Jesus never promised there wouldn't be a storm, only that you could have peace in the middle of your storm. Maybe he's telling you, you can rest like me. You can rest like me. I believe strongly that the greatest growth for many of you is learning how to rest in God. Learning how to rest in God, that you get so overwhelmed with things going on in your life. You get so overwhelmed with stress and anxiety, and, and I understand that stuff, and I believe that that's a real thing, and there's, you know, uh, that's a natural thing. Many of you, your greatest growth could happen if you would learn to rest in God. And notice that he's sleeping in the middle of my storm. Maybe I should sleep too. Maybe I should sleep too. I was telling someone the other day, 
I was meeting with them and, and just going through a lot of hard things in life. And I was saying I think part of uh, maturity and growing in Christ is, uh, is when you learn to be a buoy. You guys know like the orange buoys out in the ocean that are just kind of, they just kind of sit out there. Who knows what they're really for, but uh, they just kind of sit out there. And, and I'm like, I, I think part of growing in Christ is learning how my soul can become like a buoy. That the waves and the wind can crash around me, but my soul can be anchored to Jesus in such a way that my outer world is twisting, but my inner world stays secure and safe. See, I think that's part of following Jesus is, is knowing that in the middle of my storm, I can rest at ease in my soul. It's a hard thing to learn. It's a hard thing to grow into, but it's part of following him. And I believe that until you at least embark on the journey of learning to have peace in the middle of your storm, your world will be chaotic and your mind and your soul will be chaotic as well. You still following me here? Then the calm and the, the rain and the wind calmed down. I believe that the, the calm and the wind and the rain, the elements, was actually mirroring a reflection of the very calm that Jesus possessed. They mirrored each other. I wanted to actually point this out too. It's interesting to me that... Um, I would tell you that in the middle of your storm, it's always bigger than what you see. It's always bigger than what you see. I love in this uh, that they said, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? I think Jesus' response is so interesting. Because Jesus could have said, you know what? You're right, I do care. I do care for you. So let me get over here and I'm going to make some life jackets appear. Some life vest. I'm going to get you a snorkel. I'm going to get you some goggles so you don't get the seawater in your eyes. And just in case the boat goes down, we'll all be safe. I'm going to save you and I'm going to save you. So he, he I mean, he could have done it, right? He made water turn into wine. He, he made some cool things happen. He could have just made like a vest appear and saved each one of them. I, I know I'm getting crazy. This is just how I read the Bible, okay? He could have done that. But instead, you notice what he did. Instead of just providing a life jacket for one, he decided to calm the entire thing which saved everyone. Now, I want you to see this because there's this little phrase in the scripture that we just read over and you may not have even caught it. In verse 36, in Mark chapter 4, verse 36, back in the beginning of the story, it says, in leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat just as he was. And then this tiny little sentence says, and other boats were with him. So on the sea, there's multiple boats, and Jesus could have just responded to the fear of those that he was with, and he could have just provided a life jacket for each one on the boat, but he decided to solve the greater problem, which was the storm, which, by the way, saved all the other boats as well. So Jesus' solution to the storm that each individual was facing actually saved more people than they even knew about. So what I'm trying to get you to see here is that Oftentimes, God is working in something bigger with your storm than what you see. And what oftentimes what God does is the storm that you're walking through, 
the thing that is so struggling in your heart, the thing, I didn't get into that school that I thought God wanted me to get into. Little did you know that he was allowing something else to happen over here. Maybe at this school was getting a major that you didn't know about. And so now a year later you get into this school, right? Or, or the, the relationship that you thought you wanted to work out and the one that you wanted didn't work out and it seems like a crazy storm because at the time it was really hard and painful but little did you know that there was something else happening over here that God was trying to work and and then this happened and then you end up finding your wife or your husband somewhere else you see what I'm saying that God's always working a bigger plan than what you see always and what Jesus was doing in this story is working a much bigger plan than what the disciples on the boat saw he was actually saving all the other boats I think one of the largest parts about trusting God is understanding that there's a greater story that you don't even understand, that you don't even know. That there's a greater story involved beyond what you can see. The Bible says that his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways are higher than our ways. But he, he, and, and when I trust God, it's like I'm saying to him, God, I don't know what all is going on here. I don't know why you allowed that relationship to not work out. I don't know why you allowed this thing to work out. I don't know why you allowed that job that I wanted to not work out. I don't know why you, you allowed my parents to divorce. I don't know why you allowed me to move from here to there and go from this school. to I don't know why, but I trust that you're working for the greater good and that there are things going on that I don't even see. That's part of what it means to trust God. It's not just trusting God in the things that I see. It's trusting that there are things going on that I can't see. Almost done here. Would you write this down? Last point, and we'll close. Sadie, you can go ahead and come back up wherever you're at. Each storm, write this down, each storm leads to a new awe. A-W-E, awe. Each storm leads to a new all. I love the end of the story. In verse 41, it says this. It says, And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? <laughs> I was thinking as I read this, man, what if that was the way I talk to people? Man, I need, I need to talk more like that. And when I came across people in my day, it was more, man, listen, listen to what God did in my life. Listen to what God's doing in my life. Man, who is this God? Listen, what is he doing? Who then is this God that would do this for me? Listen to how God orchestrated this. Listen to how God was doing this even when I didn't know. Listen to how he turned something bad into something good. Who, who, who is this God that he would do that? I need that to be more in my language. What if that was in all of us? What if that was in more of our conversations? Who is this God? I love that the storm they were in caused them to see a different view of God. You see, up until this point, they'd seen some miracles. They'd seen God do some cool things. They'd seen him heal a man, a couple people, actually. They'd seen him teach some pretty cool parables. But you know what they had yet to see? They had yet to see Jesus control or manipulate the earth. Think about that. It's like crazy stuff. They'd yet to see Jesus actually manipulate the elements of earth. And this was the first time 
They saw it. And they said, who is this man that even the wind and the sea obey him? You see, is it possible that the storm that you're walking through, that through it, God would give you a different view of who he is? That maybe you could walk out of it with a different amazement of who he is, standing in awe of who he is. It's not exa- wouldn't exactly have planned to walk through this, wouldn't exactly have wanted to go through this storm, but I came out of it knowing more of Jesus, knowing that he could control the elements of the earth. What in the world? Who then is this? Who is this? Is it possible that your storm, your struggle, could teach you more about who he is? I'm not saying that we walk out of here going, yay, struggles, storms. Can't wait for my next one. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying that if you're in the middle of it, that Jesus likely wants to teach you more about who he is and would likely have you come out of it more in awe of him. Because I had no idea. I knew he could do this. I knew he could do that. But, man, it wasn't until this that I knew. It wasn't until I got lonely that I knew that he was really all I needed. It wasn't until I got sick that I really knew that he could be my healer. It wasn't until I went through that that I knew he could be that. It's your storm that gives you a better awe of who he is. I wonder if you would be willing to walk through a storm if you could come out with a greater awe of him. I wonder if you'd be willing to say, God, this is not what I want. Much like what Jesus prayed before he went to the cross. God, if there's any way out of this, I'd love to take it. But not my will, but your will be done. I wonder if you could say, God, this storm is not really what I want to go through. But not my will, and your, but your will be done. And would you have me be more in awe of you when I come out of it? These boys needed to see God in a new way that they had never seen him. You may be following Jesus if you continue to be amazed by him. When was the last time you were in awe of him? When was the last time you just stood or sat in awe of Jesus and who he is and what he's done for you? I think maybe the rest of the night is a good time for us just to stand in awe of who he is. That maybe in the middle of your storm, you could say, God, I want to know more of you. I want to experience more of you. I want to see more, more of you that I did not see before. I just want to be in awe of you. I love that the point of the story wasn't to show how amazingly powerful Jesus is that even the wind and the seas obey him. The point, the point actually was to say, what are you afraid of? And then to elevate their faith. You say, faith in what? Faith that in the middle of the storm, the very presence of Jesus would bring them security. That was the point of it. It wasn't to say, hey, Jesus is powerful enough to calm your your storm to calm the winds. No, the point was to say, do you have faith that even in the middle of your storm, Jesus can be your security and that he's taking a nap so you can take a nap as well.
Do you have the faith to trust him in that? So I think I would ask that question to you tonight. Do you have the faith to believe that even in the middle of your storm, he can be your security? It's not about whether he'll calm it or not. He may or he may not. But I'm telling you what, in the middle of my storm, he's my security. That's what it means to follow Jesus. That's the point of the story. So I'd ask you just to bow your heads and close your eyes. I want to pray for you and just ask that you kind of investigate your own heart. Maybe you're in a storm right now and you're thinking through this and you're going, Austin, yeah, but you don't know my storm. You don't know what it is. Maybe you're not. Maybe you're not in a storm. Maybe it's all good for you. But the Bible says that there may come a day where you will face trials and you'll face hardship. And I would just ask you, would you in that moment, when you enter the storm, would you have the faith to say, God, even in the middle of my storm, you can be my security. Even in the middle of my storm, I can rest because I'm secure in you. Or maybe you're in here tonight and it's just a matter of you going, you know what, it's been a long time since I've just stood or sat in awe of who God is, in awe of what he's done, been amazed by him, been impressed by him, to the point of worship, to the point of being on my knees, to the point of crying, I don't know what it is, but to the point of just being amazed by God. In this world, this life has a way of just throwing in a bunch of distractions and things that just keep your eyes off him. When was the last time you were amazed by him? So this next song we're going to sing, I believe, is perfect for that moment because it just leads us into an amazement of him and a reminder of who he is. So I would just ask you, would you stand to your feet tonight and Go ahead, you can stand up and just ask that as we sing this, maybe it's time for you just to be amazed by him, just to stand in awe of him, to sing it out in awe of him, in amazement of him, what he's done, who he is. What a beautiful name, the name of Jesus. That's what the disciples landed on at the end. Storm was calmed, everything was good, other boats were saved. Who then is this? They landed in awe of who he was. Would you be in awe of him tonight? So, Lord, we stand in awe of you tonight. Knowing who you are and what you've done, we're amazed by you. Oh, God, would we never fail to give you the praise that you're worthy of? Would we never fail to be in awe of you? Help us in that, Lord Jesus, we pray. Amen.
Just hang right where you're at. I don't think we're done here. Y'all can keep playing. I want to ask you to uh, lead us through some more of this um, with the, starting at the bridge. And um, here's, here's what I want us to do. Uh, for many of you, you're going through a storm right now. And I don't know what that is. It may be a light storm, maybe a heavy storm. I'm not sure what it is. But I feel like, I feel like we just ought to pray for you. Um, and so I want to I lead us into that. And here's how I want to do it. If you would just say, you know, I'm going through a storm right now. No one needs to know what it is. And, and I don't know, for some of you, it may be, uh, you know, maybe a small storm. But for me, it's a heavy storm. If that's you, if you're going through a storm, I'm, in just a second, I'm going to ask you just to come down to the front because I want to pray for you. And I'm going to ask you guys to pray over people. Um, because we're a community, we're a family, we pray for one another. And church isn't about the pastor just praying over everyone. It's about you guys praying for each other. There's power in that. And so uh, I think it just admitted, yep, that's me. I'm going through something. I'm going through what I would consider to be a storm. And, and I would just love for some people to pray over me. If that's you, would you just come down to the front and we'll just kind of make this area open for, for, for you. And um, I'm not going to have you share what your storm is or anything, but... Um, just want to invite everyone to, we're going to pray. Yeah, keep coming, keep coming, make some room. And um, how I want to do this, and this is, a, I guess, a little unique or weird or, I don't know, we're going to go after it, um, is, is I want us all to pray out loud over them, but I want to do it while you guys are going after it. I don't want to do it with light music. I want to do it with loud music. And I want to do it with you guys just praying hard over our friends, over our family members, over our brothers and sisters that are, have the guts to say, you know what, I think I'm in it right now. I think I'm in the storm. In fact, I know I'm in the storm. And I just need to be reminded of Jesus' presence. Or maybe I need Jesus to come through with a miracle for me. And I need him to calm my storm. Uh, all of you are saying that right here. You're saying that. And so uh, I want to invite all of us to pray out loud over them. And if you're not comfortable with that, that's okay. But if you are, I would invite you to it. And I just want to, for the next however long it is, the bridge into the chorus, whatever you guys decide to do, I just want this room to be filled with prayers over those of you that are saying, that's me, I'm in the storm. Can we do this? This makes sense tonight. And so um, as you guys lead us through, let's just begin to, uh, to pray over these people here at the front. If you would, just stretch your hand toward them. Say, God, we pray. Father, we lift up.
So Jesus, your name is more powerful than every storm we're facing. It is more powerful. We declare that tonight. We believe it tonight by faith. Lord, that you can be our security right in the middle of the storm. So I pray that over those right here in the front. God, that you would be the peace right in the middle of their storm. God, I pray that as they walk through it, they would experience more of you. They would experience something different about you. God, that they would come out of it with a different awe of who you are. And God, I pray that you would deliver them through it. I pray that you would bring them out. God, I pray that you would do the miracles and that you would calm their storm right in the middle of it. God, all for your glory. All for your glory. Would you do it? We believe and we ask in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Can we give these people a hand just for having the courage to, to come up? Thank you, God. Y'all can head back to your seats. And Thank you, thank you. Hey, it's been a, a great night. Are you glad you came tonight? Are you glad you came? So glad that, uh, so glad that you were here, and, and we're going to dismiss. Just <laughs> All right, bro. Uh, I want to remind you about the Camp Grace table in the back, or not in the back, outside in the lobby. We'd love for you to check that out. Um, and then also next week is our after party after the service. It's going to be lit. And so we got tacos for everybody. Who loves tacos? Anybody? Taco! Come on. Don't nobody not like tacos. So uh, we're going to have a good time after the service next week. So come for that. And uh, you guys have a great week. We'll see you next Thursday, 730.